Hey, this mic still works. Oh, like that deep baritone. (laughs) (laughs) All right. I really got to eat this microphone. That's the difference between this and the regular one. sometimes twice weekly show about the show too beautiful to live it's a monday episode and we're here to recap last week's tbtl i'm hillary hill live h-bomb garrett livingston butler i'm just going to include all the names in there (laughs) coming to you from the middle-aged momish studios in the legend oaks neighborhood of austin texas unlike last week's lrb after hours recap after hours we're joining you at the crack of 9, 8 a.m. Central, so get ready for some Kardashian-level vocal fry. Uh, joining me from the Hodgesboro Studios in Lincoln Park, Michigan, is Meredith, the MVH Van Harn. Hi, Meredith. Hey, Hillary. I'm so tempted to do a Kardashian impression right now, but... Hey, hey guys. Hey what's guys. up? What's um, going on? It's just because I haven't <laughs> talked to anyone yet today. <laughs> Um, sadly, the coven could not be fully convened today, so in Anne's place, from the Garden View Studios <laughs> and his permanent residence in Buffalo, New York, we have Bobby Pape. You'll do. I don't have a good Kardashian impression. Please pay me for doing nothing. I think that's my Kardashian impression. You're a, you're a white guy, so. Yeah, 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 that's what you get. Make a sex this tape. Could be, this, <laughs> nobody... Nobody, I don't want to see that. <laughs> Sam doesn't want to see that. Nobody wants to see that. Oh, come on. There's somebody. There's somebody that wants to see it. I, I yeah. guarantee. Well, it turned out for AJ. I mean. Oh, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Wait. True. True. Can we start over? <laughs> <laughs> oh, happy Sunday, guys. Slash Monday. Um, okay, as usual, we're going to do some LRB biz, uh, the weekend review, housekeeping, and of course, how to get involved. Um, Meredith, why don't you take the business, though? I feel like it's a little light this week. Yeah, we have almost no business. Nothing's nothing's really going on. Um, Hillary, you're recording from your bed. Is that accurate? <laughs> Once again, okay. I'm upright. I'm not laying down, but that's yes, good. Once again, you're halfway there. Record. <laughs> yeah. We should work on a sponsor for this. You should be in like the Craftmatic Adjustable Studios. Actually, that would be key because you could just like tilt yourself up a little bit. Right. I feel like those mattresses are poised for for like a a refresh. Like they should make a comeback because like mattress companies are in all out war right now and and (laughs) they've got something nobody else does. I'm sort of scared you could get smushed. Yeah, fold you go like a. <laughs> yeah, um, I think really our only quote unquote business today is um, we got a nice uh, throw your phone from listener Bet and and they say hugged my phone on LRB when Hillary H bomb mentioned Andrew's baby ears. Also <laughs> cried on my phone on TVTL with the blurs day about the ten whose mom passed away. It was so sweet and it made my face rain. Yeah, it that was, was really sweet. sweet. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so we've got a pretty fun week of of TBTL to recap. I think um, I know not not all listeners agree this week, but um, I think we should just get right into it with Monday, and that's me. 
So 27, 29 large adult dinguses. Um, Luke starts the week by talking about how over the weekend he emceed an event for the Seattle Symphony. Um, and he's talking a lot about public speaking and how he was feeling. And he was nervous because he hadn't prepared. Um, but he was also kind of feeling bold because he had done the season opener of Livewire and wasn't super nervous about it. Um, and his riffing uh, for this thing was pretty minimal, um, but he did realize very soon before he had to go on that his symphony anecdotes were all used up. So he couldn't reuse them because he did that last year. Uh, so he just sort of winged it, and it actually turned out fine. And this seems to have given him a great deal of confidence about his public speaking abilities and his ability to just make stuff up on the fly and entertain people. And obviously, he's so good at that. Um, but, you know, that's easy for us to say, I guess. Yeah, though I I do feel like it's like I mean I know this is sort of bullshit, but it's that Malcolm Gladwell like ten thousand hours of whatever experience. I do feel like yeah, for a long long time I would feel at my job I would feel like I'm just making this up. And probably recently, like in the last couple of years, even though I've been doing it for a long time, I've been like, wait, I'm really good at this job, and I can actually like kind of wing it a little bit. Like I, it's just like mm-hmm. embedded in my brain somewhere, and yeah. uh, you know, you just figure it out. Well, yeah, there's definitely something to to practice, right? I mean, who knows if it has to be 10,000 hours. That's dubious. But, like, I've had the same feeling when I first started my job. I've had major, major imposter syndrome. Like, Mm -hmm. oh, boy, they're going to find out I don't know what I'm doing, and they're going to fire me. (laughs) And I probably had that feeling for the first couple of years. And after a while, it started to kind of subside. And now I – sometimes when I'm talking – so doctors are the primary people that I work with. And when I I find myself talking to them about statistics, I'm I'm like – standing outside of my body listening to myself being like wow I sound smart isn't that weird when that <laughs> happens where you're like how it's am great. I talking right now yeah. <laughs> like, I sound so smart job. <laughs> way to go me it's a nice feeling it is it is um they talk about turning down gigs um in my notes I wrote turning up gigs that's something different I guess <laughs> um so they're worried about um, saying no to gigs, and, and then they'll dry up. And Luke's always worried about this. And Andrew tells a story about basically how that's what happened to him with Cairo. They don't ask him to host, to fill in host on Cairo anymore. Um, well, why would you when you can have Aaron Mason on the oh. air broadcasting live to Seattle? Yeah. I mean, you can't blame him. <laughs> <laughs> um, the big story today was this creepy thing in Ipswich uh, where there was a a child singing it's raining it's pouring in the night Um, and this story was just so weird all around Um, we all kind of know how that turned out right it was a a security measure for a construction site and it turned out that spiders were crawling over the sensors and tripping the song so it was such a weird idea to begin with right to have a creepy song as a as a deterrent for thieves (laughs) like okay I mean my kids and I were listening to this and um, I um the only thing that I thought about it, it is super creepy, but it's been raining in Austin like almost constantly for a couple of weeks. And my kids and I like to sing instead of it's raining, it's pouring. This makes it slightly less creepy as we sing it's mm-hmm. it's raining, it's sprinkling, the old man is tinkling. That's like our <laughs> addition. Yeah, to there's it. there's less less uh talk about head injury and then potential death. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> A lot of um, a lot of nursery rhymes don't hold up if you really no. examine them, or they they have extremely creepy origins. Um, so it was scary, but I just don't know if I would rely on that to deter thieves, especially because <laughs> you could totally get immune to it if you really wanted to steal some copper pipes or something. Like, mm-hmm. oh well, I'll just put in my earplugs. Um, so then, but the fact that it turned out to be spiders was, you know, that made it even creepier. Um, Luke was 
I don't know, maybe kind of out of proportion afraid of <laughs> out of context nursery rhymes, maybe. I mean, he just went on and on about how scary this was. And it is kind of a horror movie trope, right? Like little yes. kids being creepy or songs mm-hmm. or like you'll hear a dollhouse or a, or a music box playing or whatever. Um, and it is it is creepy, like little kids standing there with a knife kind of thing. <laughs> um, That's what they should have had. They should have just had a bunch of children with knives. That would have deterred me if I yeah. was going to steal something. Um, I think I think I saw the poltergeist at way too young of an age, and it scarred me. Same. Um, and that has something to do with my agreement that this is a spooky thing. Um, yeah. Let's see. Oh, next on the list is that um, Luke is uh, starts to talk about how he and his friends went to KUOW one time to watch a pay-per-view fight. And I don't think it started out to be this insanely introspective conversation about his own privilege and his <laughs> his amazing advantages in life. But it definitely oh, it turned into deep. that. It got real deep real fast. And it's insane to me that anyone would 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 essentially break into their own work and then use their HBO with their friends and watch beer or drink beer in a in a conference room like that just is so audacious that's something i would never in a million years consider doing like i'm just gonna get fired for like i don't want to get fired i can't get fired i'm not gonna do that right it definitely sounds like something i would have done at his age if anywhere i worked had a good tv i just can't i can't even imagine doing that i would never even consider it i'm a rule follower i'm not like luke at all in many ways so there's that but it also just seems so risky um but of course it went off without a hitch because he's luke um, and it was a, it was a sweet story, um, him talking about his friend Matt, who later who died of cancer. It sounds like soon after that, and was the last time they saw each other. So Luke has some really vivid memories of that night, and he kind of slowly starts to talk about how he realizes that he always pushed the limits, and uh, he should have probably been fired, but he had um, adults in his life who gave him leniency and um, had a lot of privilege, being a you know a charismatic white guy. And he talks about that if he was a woman or a a person of color, this wouldn't have happened for him. He wouldn't be where he is. Um, And then he also talks about how in his younger years, since he grew up poor, he, you know, felt like he didn't have advantages um, and acknowledges that it's possible to have both advantages and disadvantages uh, at the same time. So this was a really... um, this was some growth from him, I think. Really uh, I felt like I was like proud of the sweet baby angel that's finally like being, you know, acknowledging his position in life. Because mm-hmm. it's, listen, I grew up with like, you know, upper middle class life. I I did not suffer anything besides like I don't know being a woman. That's like my one like, I don't know, negative. But it's always been frustrating to me with Luke because yes, he grew up poor and like that it sets you back, but. It just goes to show you, like, he had a baby. He did, you know, he was able to kind of skid by at um, at the at University of Washington and 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 was able to, I don't know, be a pretty successful person. And he is really, really charming and a really hard worker. But, mm-hmm. yeah, put in the same position. Not necessarily me, but, like, put a black guy in that position, and he's not getting that far. On it. He's not. He really isn't. And it, it warms my heart that Luke's finally realized it. It took a little bit of time, but it's, yeah. he's there, and that's awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I think if, if he was anybody else, he would have been labeled a troublemaker. Because he was a troublemaker, right? Uh, yeah. But he just got passes on everything that he did. Um, yeah. So I'm really glad that he's finally realizing that. I think it was clear to some of us from, from years and years and years ago that this was the case for him. Because his behavior is so audacious to me. I can't believe it most of the time. 
but he's made it work. He did it. This, um, you know, I won't ramble the way I did in the chat after listening to this episode when this came up, but in short, this all sounds very familiar to me as a white male who grew up fairly poor and then took some shots that were out of my zone and managed to pull some of them off, mm-hmm. uh, including my career and college and my wife. So, you know, uh, I I see where Luke's coming from on this one. Yeah, and it's that's of course not to say that, that you didn't work hard or Luke didn't work hard. Right, exactly. But, yeah. you know, um, we had some natural barriers that could have been there that weren't. Mm-hmm. So yeah. thanks, world, I guess. Um, <laughs> try to remember, you know, try to remember that we had those advantages and try to level the playing field for others. That's right. that's all we can do. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Yep. That's right. Um, Andrew brings up a, I don't, I'm, I'm not clear if this was a Twitter fight or if this was just an argument that he was watching closely. I don't know if he got involved in this. Um, I didn't care enough to go and look in the discussion. Um, but it was, it was a, um, an article where, uh, uh, the 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 writer was talking about homelessness and mentioned people being lucky enough to own their homes outright. And Dory Monson, I guess, spent 10 minutes on this, um, you know, decrying the fact that luck has anything to do with anybody owning a home. Um, and then uh, another reporter chimed in and kind of, it sounds like disappointed Andrew with her take on it because um, he would have expected her to have the opposite view, perhaps. Um, I didn't go read it. Yeah. Um, but I think the takeaway here is that Dory Monson's a jerk. <laughs> you uh you left a few letters off what you wrote in your notes yeah there was another <laughs> part of that word i think we all yeah. i think we can all agree on that um there was a weird voicemail from Stu. did, did this make any sense to any of you no, no. i mean it was delightful i mean I, yeah. i'll take anything from Stu, but no sure. it was nonsense okay it didn't like so many of those references were lost on me and i was just like i hope someone else gets this because i sure don't <laughs> Um, and then there was some football talk that I ignored. So if y'all have anything to say about that, you go right ahead. I like I am sort of okay. Obviously, like I'm a Patriots fan, so I was a little bit sad that they lost. Um, but also, have y'all watched The Good Place at all? Yes, it's really good. And Jason on it is obsessed with the Jacksonville Jaguars. So I was like <laughs> happy for him, sort of, because he always references <laughs> Blake Bortles. <laughs> yes, and it's only good benefit of Jacksonville winning. Sorry, Lord, that's the only benefit. <laughs> Awesome. Look, we're coming into a world where someone who was the butt of jokes for a long time, Blake Bortles, is actually a good quarterback. It's it's bizarro world. <laughs> Let's go to Tuesday, 2730, let go and let Lucy. Luke just went for a jog and is Logie, and he's drinking Lucy's Cherry Coke Zero, according to the can. Um, it does weird me out grabbing these cans and bottles with other people's names on them. Yeah, I don't I, love it. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm good. Mostly because I've never seen my name. Yeah. Yes. Me either. That's really. Yeah, I've never seen it. I've seen some some really unusual names, some really really uncommon names, but I've never seen mine. I mean, granted, I'm not checking every can and bottle that I walk by at the store. <laughs> what if every time you went to like a convenience <laughs> store, <laughs> you're I'm, like, I'm sorry, all of them. <laughs> Do you have a Meredith can, please? Come You're on. You're like the guy in Clerks who goes through the eggs. You don't make a mess. Right. You clean up after yourself. It's fine. That's right. Exactly. I'll put them back. <laughs> I do like, I think every can in Minnesota just says Anne on it. They know their clientele. Yeah. Uh, Andrew tells us about what he calls a wake-em-up 
which is uh, that midday shower, uh, which I am a fan of. I never called it that, but I, I take probably two showers a day on a good day, maybe a third if things are going well. Uh, and this is with this quote, Andrew needs a wake him up after, quote, sitting in my own juices for eight hours. Ugh, so gross. Gross. <laughs> Though I did have a doctor one time tell me not to take baths because you're just stewing in your own juices. And I was like, ugh. <laughs> so it really has put me off baths for a while. I'm like, I think I'm just going to take a shower. I just, Andrew sounds like the brisket at Arby's. <laughs> He's been marinating. <laughs> Uh, a revelation for Luke. Carrie had a friend over at the house, and uh, this friend heard Luke recording Monday's TBTL and asked the question that I think a lot of people ask when they find out what Luke does for a living. That's his job? <laughs> he's, he's working question. right now? <laughs> uh, and And that led to a little bit of conversation about, you know, how this is actually their job. And, you know, gratefulness ensues. Then we move on to uh, talk of Andrew's drinking habits and his side sipper being uh, a Jim Beam with his Bud Light, which I've seen him do in real life. Ugh. And uh, <laughs> I mean, when I was 22 years old, my side sipper was a shot of Jameson between my Labatt blue lights. So I understand, but I'm also not 22 anymore. Mm-hmm. Well, he does sort of have the like, palette of a 22 year old i mean or like a 10 year old probably actually i think mine was food a, and... yeah mine was a pbr but that's because they were a dollar at the bar right there's nothing like a 10 year old who loves jim beam and hates cheese <laughs> what a pain in the ass <laughs> at least they sleep well uh and this came up because i think it was camaro kev who said he wasn't going to do that because he had to work the next day and andrew was like well so do i but this is his job. <laughs> yes. Uh, on to the top story. Fortnite is causing divorces in the United Kingdom, according to some study. Um, I'm sure there's a much deeper conversation to be had here about how we use our phones in this modern age as an escape from our problems. Instead of communicating, we just bury ourselves in something like Fortnite. Uh, but instead, it just led to a conversation about how Andrew downloaded Fortnite uh, and this could be maybe his next Minecraft. I as the I'm probably the one who's played the most video games here, and I just I feel like I need to st stand up for them. They're not always a way to escape from your real life or avoid your spouse. I'll just say that it's a fun hobby. It's much maligned. I don't know why people who play video games get shat upon more than people who watch football, um, but they do. And I don't think it's always the worst thing in the world to have a hobby like that. You're also our current on-air resident expert in divorces, so I guess True. this is a twofer for you. I've always played video games. It had nothing to do with my divorce. <laughs> <laughs> when we went to the beach a couple of weeks ago with some like of my college friends, there were a lot of like eight-year-old boys, nine-year-old boys, and they're obsessed with Fortnite. Like that's all they want to do, mm -hmm. and I think it's totally fine. I mean, I was obsessed with. 
I watched so much TV when I was a little kid. I can't even believe I like did well in high school because of the amount of television that I watched. So it's just a different thing. But the only thing that scares me about it, as far as like little kids go, is that you can connect with other people. So the moms have to be like, you yes. can only play with people you know. You can't. Mm-hmm. But you know, kids will always find a way to <laughs> find some creepy person in the corner of the universe to sure. play against. Yeah, it's sure. a different story with little little kids. Like my nephew, yeah. Yeah. Um, I I brought my I have a two DS and he he's I'm trying to introduce him to Mario games and we played Mario Kart last time we hung out and I brought the the 2DS for him last time and my mom said can you hide that because he's so like creative and interesting when he's not playing video games and when he is he gets totally sucked in and he's gone for the day (laughs) so could you just not my kids are fucking demons after they watch uh iPads or TV it's Mm -hmm. crazy like they Rory's obsessed with Power Rangers, which yes, it's still a thing. Apparently, it's been going on wow. for whatever twenty five yeah. years. It's back. And he, again. Yeah, and they play like pretend karate, and it's like funny until somebody gets you know whacked in the face or whatever, sure. and then they're crying. And uh, yeah, but Bridget I'm did thinking... actually. Go ahead. Go ahead. I'm, I'm I was going like... to say Bridget did. <laughs> Jesus Christ! You say it. I'm sorry, you, I interrupted. You, you go. You go. No, you no, go. no, no, no. I interrupted you. Talk about Bridget. Oh, no, it, please, no, she does not need to be talked about anymore, but she did call me out the other day, my neck hurt, and I was like, God, my neck hurts, and she was like, it's because you look down at your phone too much, and I was like, Whoa. Uh, first of all, fuck you, but secondly, you might be right. I guess the, the difference is, like, adults can, can control their time, or ideally, yeah. they can control their time, and they can they can stop when they need to stop, like, if I couldn't manage my life because of video games that would be a problem but i can yes so it's fine yeah, yeah exactly Ugh. the worst <laughs> oh let's see where to go from here uh oh god we we probably have to address the soy option um oh god this is a buffalo wild wings commercial where people are <sighs> army style crawling away from their real lives to go to buffalo wild wings and someone is escaping a meeting at a school, I think, where there's an announcement that the menus this year will now include a, quote, soy option. Throw your phone from listener Anne in all capital letters. And we love you, but you don't have to yell at us. We hear you. <laughs> soy is fine unless you are getting all of your nutritional information from hunches and text messages. I literally laughed out loud at that when I read it. That was so good. Because Luke says, soy isn't even that good for you, which yeah. is not true. Unless you have like breast cancer or something like there are some people who shouldn't, but it's much it's it's again, it's got gotten kind of a bad name for no reason. And he's just kind of going with what he's heard, I think. Yep. Uh, There's another throw your phone. This one doesn't have a name on it. Maybe we get a lot of uh, Anne was on fire this week. This is listener and not um, co-host Anne, who we had to force to take a week off this week. Um, Listener Anne, uh, and then someone else writes, and I'm sorry I don't have your name here. Of course, Luke gets hung up on the term soy option, and then, of course, it takes him completely out of the commercial. Everything about a commercial about a man army crawling his way out of a PTA meeting is, well, realm of reality right up until you introduce the soy option. (laughs) This showcases two Burbankisms in one. Uh, One, the inability to understand that just because you don't know something doesn't mean the others don't. Soy cheese, soy milk. Two, anger that other people get to do a job he considers himself overqualified for and would be better at. Yep. And this is, of course, I'm going to stop there, but this is, of course, uh, Luke's usual rant that commercials are better and then get edited to death 
and noted to death. And this was listener Tony. Thank you to whichever one of you put that in as I was reading it. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I get his point. I mean, I get what Luke is saying. I don't think his, his gripe is with soy, I think, necessarily. I think it's just with the weird wording. And it is kind of weird. Yeah, I actually thought it was intentionally uh, obnoxious. Like, to say, like, oh, there's going to be a gluten-free option or whatever is is fine or if they had said oh there's going to be a paleo option like because those are things that people are actually looking for mm-hmm. but i thought i thought soy was just shorthand for this is like ridiculous Gross. because no one would say that like i thought it was yeah. intentionally something no one would say so yeah because these are supposed to be odious meetings that the person doesn't want to be at right i guess yeah tell me you don't want chicken wings now though that commercial yeah, totally worked yeah uh also we skipped a throw your phone from monday that i feel like we have i will go back and read specifically because we already mentioned her and took a shot at her Uh, so lauren in jacksonville this is for you she writes uh why am i always triggered when andrew says the word lips oh so am i so am i lauren i hate it i i mean at least this time it was preceded with pursed and not bearded but am i the only one who thinks he draws it out in an exceptionally excuse me, an especially troubling way. <laughs> On a happier note, I enjoyed this episode. She's talking about Monday. The top story was such a classic TBTL story, and the Stubot's message was the cherry on top of a really entertaining Sunday. <laughs> I'm right there with you, Lauren. I, I can't handle it when he says that. It sounds so gross. There's just something really <laughs> icky about the way he says it and then imagining it. Ugh. Well, from Lauren's lips to Blake Bortle's <sighs> ears. So it's not as bad when you do it. It's not. It's yeah, I can't died. I can't force it. I just... <laughs> uh then we get Luke's hot take tweet on on sweets and uh pooping proximity in three in the morning. You know, this was irritating to me because he says, Oh, I've never had one, but they're they're not necessary. Well, have one and then you'll get addicted to them because they're great. They're great. And okay, I have so many questions about it. I saw the tweet and I'm like, oh, this is so Luke thinking he's being hilarious. But it's like, first of all, how many times is he pooping at 3 a.m.? I feel like he has a problem because I I don't know. You know, I've been married to the same man for 11 years. We've been together for like 13 years. I unless he's sick like he's not really waking up to poop at 3 a.m. I don't think Um, it's never been a problem. Our ensuite is not like Yes, it, there's an ensuite to our bedroom, but it's not like the bathroom is not adjacent to our bedroom. Like, it's sort of in the back of the bathroom. It's really nice. I mean, I know I'm coming from a place of having kids, but it's really nice to not share my fucking bathroom with some kids. And also, mm. it's nice to not have to go, like, if you're having guests, to not have to go, like, oh, should I have to go to the bathroom or whatever and have to, like, potentially wake people up. It's really, really bizarre to me. And I also, I mean, I talked about this in the chat. I... Maybe it's because I have vaginally given birth in front of my husband, but I'm like not that precious about him knowing bodily functions of mine. Yeah. We still keep the romance alive, even though he knows that I'm a human being that like poops and farts and stuff. Like I'm not mm-hmm. doing it in front of him, but it we do live in the same house. Like he knows that this stuff happens. And you have to confront that at some point when you live with somebody. Yes. It just doesn't yes. it, you can't avoid it. It's not that big of a deal. Uh, yeah, so I think he's a little bit too, uh, whatever. I mean, everybody's relationship is the way it is. But I think he's so nervous about Carrie thinking that he's pooping. It mm-hmm. is very strange. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> uh, just in case you haven't seen the tweet, 
perhaps the most annoying part about this treat was that Luke did that thing where you put the hand clap between each Ugh. word. Ugh. Stop it. Is this because okay, he, he thinks he's in with black Twitter now? <laughs> yes. I right. Think so. Well, but he used the yellow clapping hands. So as oh. far as I'm concerned, he's in with emoji Twitter. Okay. Okay. But Michelle uh, Zinkovitz, uh, who may be listening to this show, I know she's a, a 10 and, and also an awesome person replied to his tweet and wrote stop making your tweets so hard to read with the claps between each word so good. <laughs> that was awesome. pretty good yep. i mean as we say we said this before it's like luke on the show and luke in real life super charming guy and charismatic and smart and witty on twitter he is none of those he's trying way too yeah. hard it's, he's a desperate it, little baby on twitter He's about two steps behind everybody else. And it makes me uncomfortable. Yeah. It makes me sad because he is in real life a really smart person. And his tweets just do not reflect that at all. It's embarrassing. Yeah. yeah. Uh, 30 second version here. The ensuite is Sam's primary bathroom. My primary bathroom is actually attached to this uh, Garden View Studios. Uh, I shower down here. Uh, and so um, – if I just need to pop into the bathroom quick, I just use hers because it's right there. But if I'm, you know, getting ready for my day, I come down here. Um, <laughs> not that complicated. Mm-hmm. Uh, no point conversion. Uh, Luke wishes the Seahawks would just go into a rebuild because they're clearly awful and this is going to be a long season. Welcome to being a Bills fan, by the way, Luke. Uh, every fucking year. Uh, I won't go into anything further than that. Uh, other than the phrase ass in the jackpot, which came up a couple of times and uh, is fun. We should find more ways to use that. And that's a bad thing? Uh, yes. Okay. Yeah, I, I don't understand it, but, you know. Uh, I, I can say a little bit more here. Andrew's not giving up hope on the Seahawks. Luke is. I think that's just because of their backgrounds. Um, Luke's had a great bandwagon ride. I mean, I know he's been a lifelong Seahawks fan, but you know, the last decade's been good. Um, and uh, the Browns have been so bad that any sign of potential is enough for Andrew. Yeah. Um, their their kicker missed eight points in kicks that last weekend for the Browns. But there's been another Browns game since then, and they won. So there's no reason for us to discuss it. Um, yeah. Yep. That's Tuesday. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Wednesday, 2731, a nude horse is a rude horse. I actually like the title. I think that the story that it's related to is stupid, but I like that title. Um, the Hillary, I've been start- meaning to tell you, I've started using the word rude more in my daily vernacular, <laughs> and I know it's your fault. <laughs> it is. I love it. It's It, it is, <laughs> explains so many things. Um, <clears throat> I started this off. I had to re-listen to it because I was like, what am I referring to? I don't remember writing this note, but uh, they kind of start off on a rambling note as per usual. But um, they talk about getting wet. And Luke's like, I think that's slang for like getting fucked up or like getting drunk or high or whatever. And it's coming from training day. And they go down this sort of weird training day rabbit hole which is i don't know i've never seen training days so it seemed kind of odd to me um and then they talk so it's okay (laughs) it's good it's worth seeing i'm sure that i would like it um but yeah and whatever it was just seemed kind of funny but um luke has also 
uh, slept for another like 18 hours or something. It's crazy. I'm like, are you What's depressed? What's going on with him? What? Like 10 to 10? I could get it if it was like 10 to 8, even though that's a really long time for an adult to sleep. But 10 to 10 is that's like crazy. there's something I else I do that going. maybe once a year. Like yeah. out of nowhere. It doesn't necessarily mean I'm sick, but I can't do that multiple nights in a row. No, he's been doing it consistently, getting a full. He must be exhausted. I wish my kids got that much sleep. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) God. Um, Then um, Luke talks about how he went to the meetup in Bellingham, which looked like it was a lot of fun. It looked like there were a fair amount of people there. Um, And but oddly, it turned into um, him talking to listener Lisa's husband at that. He's in the Million Miler Club, which is cool. Um, for Alaska, and they're just really cool. But then Andrew like makes it dirty about the Mile High Club, and I'm like, oh, Andrew, it's no. kind of like lips. Like I don't want to think about that. And I thought it was, we- I mean, it was a weird joke, and I just thought it was kind of like tasteless to make a joke about someone else's husband having sex on a plane. <laughs> it was a really ugh. yes. Don't go there. Yeah. <laughs> I know. It's really gross. Hey, um, if he's got game. <laughs> <laughs> actually in the movie last night they had i mean it was like a scene where they had went had a the mile high club i mean it was not whatever just like alluded to it and i'm so like there's just not enough room you have to have like two very small people i don't understand how that actually logistically could work i, I mean, can barely fit in that bathroom by myself i can't imagine exactly how that that's what work. i'm thinking Has, no if thanks. anybody guys i know that now we're turning it into gross but if anybody has experience i want to understand the logistics of it mm-hmm. just like help me understand it yeah how much Actually, do you weigh I, how tall are you and how far do you just remove the fact that it's disgusting out of your mind oh. that's a room that no one <laughs> wants to be in yeah no. a whole plane just no. don't touch anything on a plane Ugh. yeah yeah. I mean, if you want to fool around in one of those TSA um, scanner bins that never gets washed, <laughs> that's a different story. <laughs> so weird. Oh, gosh. I mean, okay. Um, then they move on. Andrew does a little spotless promo for the show, um, and they're thinking about doing it one time a month. I think that that is totally fine, and but it has to sort of be highly produced for it to be okay to be one time a month. I'm thinking of like... Hit Parade is basically just one time a month. Bobby and my favorite uh, show. And it is highly produced, highly researched, highly edited. Um, And that makes it okay because you're like, oh, they spent so much time on this. Like, they need a month in order to, like, get this shit done. If Mm -hmm. if they're just talking once a month, I think that's kind of weird. Like, it just kind of seems like they're not really committing to the bit. But I'm also not, like, going to listen to it, probably, unless I hear really, really good things, because I just don't care that much. And I have enough podcasts in my life. I have enough Andrew five days a week in my life, and then also recapping him on the weekend. I don't (laughs) really That's why I can't listen to after these messages. It's just I've had enough. I've had enough of those bearded lips in my ears. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) See? It's pretty gross, huh? Uh, Oh, grody. Um, uh, (laughs) Then they uh, talk about the Mariners game. Um. Christy, I think, is organizing a, a pregame at Henry's Tavern. So, I don't know. It seems like fun. I wish I could go. Even though I think now this – actually, it probably is better because Seattle is out, right? They're they're no longer vying for playoff berth at all. Uh, yeah, so, maybe it will be fun. They came back to reality. They uh, Mariners fans, take solace in this. You were never intended to go as far as you did. Um <laughs> Their run differential was terrible all year. Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. Well, so it'll be fun. They don't really have to pay attention to the game. <laughs> but, um, all right. And then they go to this story, which I claim that I saw before the guys did. But whatever. It's fine. It's these Fenway Park guys uh, from Malden, which has been, you know, they kept saying they were from Somerville, but they're actually from Malden. No, they no, no. Found- Luke kept saying they were from Somerville. Somerville. I'm Somerville. like, <laughs> why are you pronouncing it like this? I don't understand. You don't have the accent. You don't need to say it. Just say Somerville. It's fine. It's what made me say it. He kept saying it over and over again. Um, but these guys found the like banner, this shitty banner that was going to be hung at Fenway Park to show that they won the 2018 ALE. Excuse me. The banner's what? not shitty. I mean, it's fine, but it's not it like half some... of a banner. It wasn't even the full story, though. <laughs> right. I, <know. laughs> I mean, it was 50% only because it was it was great, but it was only half of the story. I know. Um, but, I, you know, being that my husband is from uh, Milton, Massachusetts, and is obviously a Red Sox fan, I immediately sent this to him uh, before it was on the show, but I immediately sent the clip of the guys, which, if y'all haven't watched it, is really hilarious, because mm-hmm. as uh, Dave saw this quote, and he was like, because I asked Dave, do you know these guys? And he was like, I'm mm-hmm. not friends with criminals. But, um, <laughs> and like, you're about two beats away from some trash that you're friends with, being friends with these guys. But uh, Dave sent me this quote that he saw. It says, one of the guys' names is Louis... I don't know how to pronounce Iacuzzi. If Louis Iacuzzi from Malden was the character in a Dennis Lehane novel, it would feel too cliche and the editor would ask him to maybe maybe tone it down a little bit. (laughs) (laughs) But what I told Dave about guys from Boston is I was like, not everybody, but like the my experience is a lot of people are just so clichely from Boston. Like yes. they live up to every stereotype that you might have, which is why I kind of love it. I'm like, oh my God, you guys really are like super Irish or you guys are super Italian and you're just living in that glory. But um, but yeah, that, this story was, was pretty funny. I've the best a, part I've is- I've got a friend from Cape Cod and he absolutely has the super strong accent and he will call himself a masshole. Like he knows- <laughs> The deal. Oh yeah, but yeah. he sounds—he sounds kind of. I, I thought Luke was being kind of mean about their accents. I mean, as somebody who can't pronounce the word behemoth, I, I don't think he has a leg to stand <laughs> on here. Like, Amazing, yeah, bagel. Um, <laughs> He can't. He he was being kind of derisive. It's like when people are mean yes. to to Southerners, like assuming yes. they're dumb because of their accents. I just I just yes. don't like that. Um, no, I agree. But but there is something extraordinarily Boston about this entire story and those guys. <laughs> My favorite is that they did. Luke and Andrew were right to point out is they like can't control themselves. That like B roll of them rolling up or like carefully <laughs> unrolling the thing, and the guys like Boston's number one. Yankees suck. Yep. <laughs> so and just perfect. the fact that they were trying to get something for finding a piece of garbage on the ground. I mean, it was just yep. such a beautiful thing. Like they thought they really had gotten one over, and they had something that the the, the team really needed back. Uh, it takes a certain amount of guts and stupidity to run across McGrath Highway, by the way. I know basically exactly where they were talking about this happening, and fuck if I would run across that street. People drive – I mean, it is it is a highway, and people drive like assholes down it. It's oh, bad. They weren't doing a favor for the team. They were trying to get free tickets <laughs> for 20 people. I love they're, like, calling the Globe in, like, hey, you want to come <laughs> come tape us? We got something. Um <laughs> <laughs> you know what this reminded me of is I'm watching the latest season of Orange is the New Black right now and there's a character named Badison 
who's from Boston, and she talks mm-hmm. exactly like that, and it is it's beautiful. It gives me my daily dose of of mass hole. <laughs> Uh, unfortunately, Dave has mostly lost his accent, but when he gets a little bit drunk or around his friends, it like just comes charging back in. So I, I can, my mom and I are always like, do the accent, do the accent. <laughs> so we're basically like, Luke. Um, and then they moved on to the story about Alan Abel, who actually died and he had previously faked his death. I don't know. For They were very charmed by this guy. I just thought he sounded annoying. Like I was like, I don't know. I don't it was weird because Andrew doesn't like, I don't know, um, you know, pranksters or whatever, but he thought this guy was hilarious. I don't, it sounded like in the 1950s, maybe this was really funny, but right now I just thought it was sort of dumb. It wasn't really, I don't know. It was not my, my humor for some reason. I thought it was more annoying. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they started talking a little bit more. This is another sort of interesting conversation about how Luke always feels like when he looks back his life, seems so much like better like in the olden days um even you know even if he's thinking about being 19 and broke and having a one-year-old that still sounds like oh that was so great which again like I'm like Luke are you depressed because I don't know you have a pretty great great life now and um you know you have this wonderful house beautiful I mean it's like I'm singing a song but it's like you have all these wonderful things and Luke is the second (laughs) verse of a talking head song exactly exactly (laughs) But I I don't know. I thought it was sort of like sad that he was talking about that. And then, of course, Andrew was like, no, you know, I mean, his, I guess his he always thought of his life previous to sophomore year or junior year in high school as being sort of depressing. So for Andrew, it seems even though he's such an anxious person, I think that he I don't know, thinks that things are getting a little bit better for him. I, don't know, I thought it was. An interesting conversation, except that, as Anne Minor pointed out, it is not Pitocin that makes us forget oh, things. Or <laughs> It is oxytocin. Oh, Luke. At least at I, some point it, he was like, I don't even know if that's the right chemical. But he just says it with such authority. It does. Has Anne Minor oh. been on the show? I can't remember. I don't She's know. so full but of hot takes this week. Yeah, she we really and, is. and get at us. We'll we'll teach you how to podcast. We should really get you on the air. <laughs> yes, you need to be on. And Anne and I share a love for Hamilton, so we can like have a sing off. Mm. Um, yeah, it'll be really <laughs> fun. Uh, <laughs> um, and then I don't know this. This was one of those shows that at the end it was like they like didn't know how to end it, sort of. So they were just bringing up stuff. I was on my walk for like during lunch and I kept thinking how much time is left like I feel like they've sort of wrapped it up 12 times but um Luke is anti-leg tattoo which is funny because he has a lot of random tattoos I just thought it was weird I did actually my first boyfriend had a shark on his thigh and it really grossed me out when I saw it I was like (laughs) he doesn't listen my brother was a a training to be a tattoo artist for a while and he practiced on himself before anybody else so he has tons of tattoos all over his body except for on his right arm because you can't really tattoo your own dominant arm (laughs) so his legs are covered in ugly ugly awful tattoos and he'll never hear this so i can say that (laughs) it's not a great look no it's just such a fleshy part of your body that it's like at least for me um then again like i said it's i said in my notes, lots of crudité talk. I mean, it's like we're just like going back to random vegetables. I do like water chestnuts, but um, it was—I don't know. He's talking about Carrie making some Chinese dish 
and he really likes it when she puts water chestnuts in. Uh, no, it wasn't water chestnuts. It was a comparison. Oh. It was something else that reminded him of water chestnuts oh. when it's peeled. And co- oh, it's broccoli, <laughs> broccoli stems. stems. And right, we have to mention right. that they, they started to use the word celery and broccoli interchangeably throughout this conversation. <laughs> it was really confusing to some of it us. Was. <laughs> it was. It was. talk about That's roasting right. celery. It would just turn into mush. <laughs> I know. But I totally agree with your note here that roasted vegetables are great and Luke is crazy They're for so, not liking them. He's crazy. I think he doesn't know what he's talking about. I think that he thinks that There's it's There's a first like, time Luke? for everything. <laughs> I know. I think he's thinking boiled or something because yeah. ro- anybody who likes salt would love roasted vegetables because yes. all I do is like broccoli, lots of salt and pepper and oil um, and olive oil and you do it yep. at 400 for like 25 yep. minutes and it's like mm-hmm. eating french fries but they're it's delicious they get vegetables. so crispy and nice and oh, yeah so like good. if you do so my favorite thing lately has been like brussels sprouts um, mm-hmm. salt pepper olive oil and a little balsamic vinegar because mm-hmm. it caramelizes it gets a little yep. sweet it's so good it's so and if good. you steam brussels sprouts they get bitter and disgusting and that's yeah. why most of us don't like those things because that's what happened yeah. when we were kids Exactly. Exactly. That. Yeah. You can roast a lot of like asparagus. I mean, all of it delicious. So I don't. Luke's crazy. Um, yeah. So that was Fuck my you, final sporkful. note. Where's our James Beard Award? <laughs> <laughs> Look at yeah, us so doing what... recipes. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> that was my last note. Luke is crazy. Roasted vegetables are the best. Yep. <laughs> anyway, that's yep. it for Wednesday. <laughs> We keep the food train running here with Thursday, 2732, recovering the satellites. Mm. <laughs> My notes, I actually thought that was really funny. <laughs> uh, my notes on the red sheet are thin uh, because I just didn't bother to type them all in. But we start uh, with uh, a late morning edition so that Andrew can uh, prepare himself for Thursday night football for the Browns, which, spoiler alert, the Browns won. Uh and I, we I dive gotta say s- that I, I did laugh out loud when he played the rooster sound effect and then <laughs> said it was eleven thirty. <laughs> it's like they in should- the AM. That's it's like the not- extent of really <laughs> <wrong>, Luke. <laughs> They'll set out at nine thirty ish. Um, yes. <laughs> uh Andrew's wondering what he should do uh as a host for this Browns watching party this evening. Uh, because usually he just buys himself a bag of disgusting frozen chicken wings, which he even says aren't great, and bags of frozen meatballs, and like that's his go-to football snack time snack when he's watching football alone. But he's not sure he's not sure if that's appropriate for other people or if he should uh, get some other foods or what should he get. He's looking for advice from Luke. He's considering Papa Murphy's, but he was intimidated by the online ordering process. <laughs> His life is so precious. What I mean, a delicate what flower f- he is. <laughs> oh, <geez. laughs> uh, we got a, a comment on Facebook that somebody really wanted uh, Mike in this conversation to talk about football snacks. And I was rightfully offended because I do consider myself the resident expert on snacking on the show <laughs> you um, are a good snacker mm-hmm. I, you and good I also choices. well thank you I also <laughs> disagreed I did I don't know I think Christy was this on the Facebook page or just in a chat but if it was just in a chat I'll blow up her spot Christy said uh, 
he should just get what he wants. And if other people want other things, they should bring other things. I vehemently disagree. When you're playing host, you have to think about your audience. Yep. Uh, yep. It's, it's, unless it's a potluck, like unless it's specifically yep. a BYO, whatever. Right. Um, just go big. Go for a variety. Have more food than you're going to eat. Leftovers are great. And you don't do it every day. So even if you throw some things away, whatever. Just get the fucking seven-layer dip like Luke suggested and stop being a baby and rinse the sour cream off later. Oh, my God. I can't believe what a whiner he was being about this. <laughs> about cleaning baby. the dip being so gross. Yep. Yeah, I really, when I, I, when I host a party, which hasn't been for a while, but I try to be, in fact, I can kind of make myself go crazy a little bit thinking of all the options. Like, what if somebody's this? What if something's that? But you just be general about it. So, like, as far as alcohol goes, I try to, you know, buy whatever, all the varieties I can think of, but then also have a Diet Coke option or whatever for mm-hmm. somebody that doesn't. You just have to have, like... You just try to be a good host. Like, don't yeah. do it specifically unless it's, I don't know, your birthday party and it's like an all about Andrew birthday party. Just like and right. if you're inviting people over, like, I don't know, try to be a little bit kind about it. Well, I used to have to have constant parties or what it felt like constant parties <laughs> okay. all the time, nonstop every weekend all the time. And I was in charge of all of them from start to finish. So my general thing, like I knew the people who were coming over for the most mm-hmm. part. Um, and I knew like if somebody was a vegetarian, I would make a caprese salad or something, you know, it's like try to have something without bread and something without meat and something mm-hmm. without alcohol and, you know, just like, it's not that tough to have a, no, I think really variety right. is the only key there. And I, I don't know, I don't love every kind of food, but like cleaning up a food I don't like has never occurred to me as being no. something I didn't want to do yeah. ever, 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 there, ever. There are plenty of tasty treats that don't have whatever those different things are you know you can always accommodate those and and it never hurts to have them um just yeah have a soy option right (laughs) there's also just something about the joy of a bounty like i throw post-concert receptions as part of my job and i always buy two very colorful bright crudite platters with like full little baby peppers on them and they look really impressive yeah and then all the other stuff and at the end of the night, all the sandwiches or treats are gone. All the cookies are gone. The brownies are gone. There are basically two untouched veggie platters left. <laughs> but they're cheap, and they looked really good on the table all night. And everyone was like, oh, look, there's vegetables. Like, I can be healthy if I want to. Right. They're worth it for the appearance of, of plenty. So I'm just pretty sure that's why grocery it. stores put their produce at the beginning of the store to make you feel like you're walking into this like beautiful bounty of produce. Yep. Right. Yeah, it's like aspirational. It, you're coming into Whole Foods and you see the organic produce and then you go back over to the burrito bar and just create something that's going to destroy you. It's that's fine. Right. Size of a baby. But you're at Whole Foods, so it's healthy. Oh, speaking of the size of a baby thing, we went to a couple of uh, cider mills and, and, you know, farm stands yesterday. And at one of them, they're all spectacles here. So, like, they want you to come and run around and bring your kids and, yeah, you know, make a whole thing of it. We watched someone put their baby down in a giant crate of oversized squashes and pumpkins to take the picture of the baby next to a squash the size of a baby. (laughs) (laughs) And it just made me think they plucked the baby back out. And I was like, they should have to buy that child now. Go put that kid on the scale. (laughs) I mean, a baby sized squash seems like a a, a more doable thing, a more uh, realistic thing than a baby sized burrito. Right. Seven pounds of burrito. That's gross. Yeah. (laughs) 
I I think this was the resolution on Papa Murphy's. Uh, was it Thursday or Friday where they talk about how the Papa Murphy's? Oh it well, I'll steal your thunder from Friday and just say sure. they were fine but expensive. Have you guys had Papa Murphy's? Not in a while, mm. but yes, I think maybe uh, once before. Okay, it, yeah, it's not a thing here, but I've done it in Seattle for our you know our parties when we've gotten together. Um, I think the flaw in the pricing was not catching a combo deal. Like it's just like all pizzerias, like pizza is artificially expensive and then you have to buy the three for $5 each or the buy one, get one or whatever the deal is to get a good price. Mm -hmm. So just be a smarter shopper. That's all. (laughs) Uh, We get satellite song intros. The guys play this little game of continuing to keep going, referencing different songs with satellites in them in the title, which I just thought was funny and, goofy and played to their strengths <laughs> yes um but it led to a conversation about music that you love when you're younger and then now you're embarrassed by andrew and i, I don't think this is the best choice actually said that the b-52s are a band that does no. that for him no i wanted no. to send him that episode of of hip parade and be like listen to this you won't feel ashamed this is really interesting uh but yeah no not the b-50 i mean i'm not gonna like turn the b-52s on and uh, while i'm you know trying to relax or anything but it was like interesting and different music and i don't know yeah i don't think it should be ashamed right of that yeah the only thing i'm ashamed about is my my teenage ska phase as <laughs> oh, i should be, be. Ashamed I mean, that's of that. fully appropriate no i think it's i think it's correct i i think it's important that we all have a time and place in our life for trumpets in pop music <laughs> <laughs> Guys, I went to an NSYNC concert when I was in college. So, I mean, Beautiful. It, I, I, yeah, it was awesome. It was, I was one of the older people there. I was 22. Um, but it was super fun. And I don't know. These guys are so precious about music. And it's like, I like some really good music. I also like some super shitty music. So it's, yep. it's fine. Yeah. The Beths are playing in a couple of weeks, like a mile from my house. So now I feel obligated to go. Speaking of music. Yeah. My sister um, went to a so there's a local band, a ska band in Grand Rapids called Mustard Plug that we used to just love, love, love when we were teenagers. And they it's a perfect are, ska name. Yep, they are mostly defunct at this point, but there's a street fair in my neighborhood every my old neighborhood every year, the East Town Street Fair, and they play it. They are the closing act every year. It's like the oh, biggest sure. deal to go. And so I was actually I was in town. It was the day my sister and I went to the beach, but I had to get back home, so I didn't get to go unfortunately um, because of cat sitting reasons um and so i i missed it but she did go and see mustard plug so the whole time we were driving around that day she was like i need to bone up on my mustard plug lyrics so we're gonna have to listen to this all day and i was like oh my god <laughs> great but then it was just a total trip down memory lane plus some shame yes <laughs> i just can i isolate you saying that you need to bone up on your mustard plug <laughs> sure <laughs> title of the <Why> show <laughs> Oh my goodness! I'm trying to uh, think the the worst ska because of course I went through a ska phases too. I mean, Real Big Fish was so huge when I was in high school. Oh, and, ska band names are and, the worst. Uh, you know, it was it was everybody in the the Guster orbit, which was not a ska band, but there were a lot of ska bands in sort of that general. Yeah. Um, hmm. Big I D mean, in the every, kids' table. Yeah. What about the yeah. scatolites? Scatolites. The scallops. I mean, everything has to have the word ska in it, right? Right. 
Um, well, no, I saw the Voodoo Glow Skulls, which was a Mexican ska band. <laughs> yep, I've seen them. That was quite a show. <laughs> Bucko Nine, Less Than Jake. Do you remember Less Than Jake? Oh, of I course. remember that. So, yeah, sell out. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I just googled oh, sh- ska band names, and I'm I'm having a trip down memory lane here. Right. Oh yeah. Uh, oh yeah. There's Big D. Well, the Boston's, of course. That's easy. I mean, that's yeah. Yeah. There's your Boston. Um, I don't know if it was ska, but I do remember when I found uh, like Sublime, and I thought this mm-hmm. is so awesome. And <laughs> oh, it was before I still the, love Sublime. When their album Forty Ounces of Freedom, I was like, yes. this is the best album I've ever heard in my life. Mm-hmm. Two joints. I was like, yeah. Yeah. That's my life. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Five Iron Frenzy. That was the other terrible mm-hmm. one I was trying to remember. Skank and Pickle. Ooh, I can't believe I just said that out loud. <laughs> All right. Uh, the top story is that the, the Pepsi Super Bowl Pepsi halftime show. <laughs> Pepsi. There are rumors. <laughs> rumors that Maroon 5 will be playing the Super Bowl Pepsi halftime show sponsored by Pepsi. And um, there's a backlash to Maroon 5 because the Super Bowl is going to be in Atlanta. And clearly they should draw some local Atlanta talent into this show. Which I mean, they don't do. They've never right. worried about it before. <laughs> yeah. I, 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 that would be fine. Like Atlanta yeah. has some awesome acts. I just don't know if this is something that has ever been done before. They don't care where people are from or where they are. Yeah. Right. Exactly. As far as the halftime show, they don't. And there are also some places where the Super Bowl has been hosted, you know, several times and nobody cares. <laughs> yeah. Like, I don't know. They're right. In Detroit, it would have been great to do a full Motown Super Bowl halftime show. But you know what? Maroon 5 is talented. They've got a shitload of hits and yeah. Um, yeah, they're very recognizable they sound. And mm-hmm. I'm sure they'll find two or three weird uh, cross genre people to sit in and jam with them for a minute so it'll be fine cardi b's on that one song with them so i'm sure she'll you know make an, oh, that'd be an cool. appearance yeah yeah who knows yeah, there you go it's sure. fine i i like maroon 5 i have liked maroon 5 since i was young and they were new so whatever I'm mostly neutral on them but every once in a while i'll have that same experience where i'm like oh this is kind of catchy what is this and then it turns out to be them right fine. yeah they're good at that uh, email blurs days, lots of blurs days, more and more blurs days. Although one very nice one, I have to say, as much as I hate it, they're handling it relatively well. I'm surprised how long it's lasted. Uh, and then Luke and Andrew talk about how they'd overthrow the NFL to only have two teams, the Browns and the Seahawks. <laughs> <laughs> and while they're at it, they'll fire Roger Goodell. And that would make, make it easier for me place. to follow. I'm yeah, my favorite. I like it. <laughs> All right, let's go to Friday, 2733, Less Shame. That's kind of the theme for this week. <laughs> yeah. That's a good title. Um, I was real confused. I had to listen to the beginning of the show like three times, and I still couldn't figure out how they got here. But they started talking about how fashion houses were burning stuff at the end of the season so as not to deflate the prices and <laughs> create scarcity, which is kind of messed up. And then they turned to how Andrew didn't poetically burn all his old poetry. He just tore it up and threw it away. Mm-hmm. Um. It turns out, yes, that Andrew's party went well snack-wise. The Papa Murphy's was fine. Um, And Luke has a funny story about how they (laughs) recognized him and told him he didn't need the instructions, even though he'd never been there. And he did need the instructions. (laughs) 
is it possible that Luke is sleepwalking? I mean, he's sleeping 12 hours a day. <laughs> That's true. Maybe, maybe he's going to Papa Murphy's in a trance. And just ordering like, yeah, 10 yeah. pizzas at a time. Oh, you know what you're doing. <laughs> um, Andrew tells a story about um, an old friend. Uh, uh, colleague. Um, on uh, An old colleague, yes. Contacted him on Instagram. <laughs> Um, reporting that Andrew has a doppelganger who lives in LA. Um, and I guess there's, there's a few of them. Um, I, I think I have one in Detroit. Um, several people have, have stood there and stared at me and said, do I know you? You look a lot like somebody. So I think there might be one of me walking around here. I haven't, I, I need to, I need to find her. Um, but Luke t- starts to talk about his Google gangers. Um, he's got a couple and then the, he goes off on the one who got mad at him about, uh, <laughs> Uh, like a middle-aged daddish meme style tweet that he made about about the president um not again just not that great of a joke for luke on twitter um and that was like basically meme stylings to that joke and he is is a middle-aged dad Um, (laughs) just gonna point that out so there's that. do y'all have any google gangers yeah, well, I don't anymore. Um, I don't think. But when I was Mayhan, um, there was a pediatrician. Yeah, yeah, I checked them all the down one. and I got rid of them because I need that SEO. There, no, there was like a one. there was a pediatrician in like Fayetteville, Arkansas, who was also Meredith Mayhan. Um, but I think I might be the only Meredith Van Harn. How about you? Um, yes, actually, I I feel like I talked about this once, but when I first started at my company, um, this is I'll try to make it as simple as possible. But my company used to be called Oxford Commercial, and so I was googling my name in Oxford because I'm that vain, and it came up with this woman's um, uh, website, and she was like showing her artwork in Oxford, Mississippi. But the weird part about it is, okay, so her name is Hillary Butler. She actually lives in Memphis where I went to college. She's an artist and I think a really good artist. Um, her husband's name is Dave or David. Um, and she, yeah, she like lives down the street from where I went to college. And we've since become friends. I mean, not friends in that like we, you know, talk on the phone. But uh, when I went to Memphis, we tried to get together but couldn't make it work. And, uh, you know, we'll accidentally email each other things. But then it's like we have like a little conversation and we're friends on Facebook and she just had another baby. And I don't know. It's mm-hmm. cool. Like she's a really nice lady. Um, lady. She's like five years younger than I am or probably more. But um, but yeah. And then there's there's another there's a Hillary Butler that used to play for the Seahawks randomly. It's a boy. Um, and he'll pop up from time to time, uh, on my Google alerts, but that's basically it. I do have, I gotta say, I don't have, I'm just doing it right now. And I think it's pretty much all like my social media stuff. There's a weird live wire result that I get, even though I've never talked about or been on live wire as far as I remember. Ooh, that's kind of spooky. Oh no, I guess I have. Huh. That's weird. I don't remember making that Facebook post, but a lot of it <laughs> is like my work stuff. So it's like articles that I've been authored on oh yeah so they're really boring like i wouldn't recommend scrolling through them like eeg <laughs> and status epilepticus publications that's me um but i do what i do have uh, instead of google gangers is um a, a, a unfortunately common email address um oh so i'm meredith grace at gmail.com and there are a lot of there's like 
four or five people that constantly include me on their group emails thinking I'm this other person. And I get lots of that. So I get, it's like teenagers. And one time I got put in a group chat that was like with 40 other teenage girls. And I almost killed myself. It was horrible. (laughs) (laughs) It was so hard to make them understand that I was not the person they thought I was and that I wanted to be removed from this conversation. And it was one of those chats that you couldn't leave. I forget exactly what it was. It was like a text thing. Um, So that was awful. So that happens to me a lot. And I often will get like, I'll get people's medical records. You know, like sometimes I'll get like appointment and I I always respond with those like, oh, you have the wrong email address. Please don't. (laughs) I didn't open this, you know. Um, So I do get a lot of that, like way more than I think is normal. Oh, I mean, I as much as I like and would be like, oh, that's awful. But I am so nosy that I'd be like, let me know everything about your medical diagnosis. I'm going to be reading through this now. Well, I have read (laughs) these teens. Um poetry they they write yes um group poetry where like one person does a line and another person does a line it's real interesting (laughs) uh first before i do this we we glossed over the fact that hillary has a google alert for her name (laughs) oh i just assumed she did (laughs) that doesn't surprise me at all (laughs) i will be famous one day no and it's really depressing because it's always this like washed up NFL player that's like going to Canada or whatever or, or like showing up at <laughs> random Seahawks events. Uh, I have Google alerts for a lot of the people I work with because of the nature of my business, but I actually don't have one for my own name. So I should work on that. I don't either. Um, there, I am the second most famous Robert Pape in America, oh, I believe. That's right. But the first one is significantly more famous than me because he's a political scientist uh, and if you go to his Wikipedia page, which is robust, um, the opening line is, uh, an American political scientist known for his work on international security affairs, especially the coercive strategies of air power and the rationale of suicide terrorism. Oh, fun. Ooh. So it, we're keeping it light, you know. Yeah. <laughs> Frothy. Um, <laughs> he wrote a book called Bombing to Win. Then he wrote a sequel Mm -hmm. called Dying to Win. And then a few years later, with a co-author, he wrote something called Cutting the Fuse. So he's really got a theme. Goodness. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. uh, Cutting the Fuse, the expansion of global suicide terrorism, and how to stop it. So at least there's a goal. Well, I'm glad he's on the right side of this topic. (laughs) Um, I do occasionally get, like, weird Facebook messages from, from usually foreigners who don't quite understand like looking for him or like thanking him or saying how much they appreciate his work. Um, And I just, I don't know what to do with them. I have tried to reach out to him and he's never responded, Um, but he can eat it because I have Robert Pape at (laughs) gmail.com, which I don't use. I have Hillary Butler and I know that the other Hillary Butler's pissed because she has to have Butler Hillary. I'm like, sorry. (laughs) First. I squat on uh, robertpape at gmail.com, even though I don't use it. I just check it once in a while. I also have robertpape.com and bobbypape.com both locked down. Good. So I think professionally, if anyone ever, if I ever reach a level where it matters, um, I may actually become a Bobby full time because I'm pretty sure I am the most prominent Bobby Pape in the country. <laughs> I believe that. The preeminent Bobby Pape. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um. Luke gets a little bit mad about uh, non-famous people having the real in front of their Twitter handles. 
And I just thought this was kind of gross because, yeah, the only only people who are real are famous people, clearly. Uh, <laughs> the rest of us are not real. Um, they go on a deep dive, starting with Heaven Isn't Too Far Away. Um, <laughs> is that song about his daughter? I hope it is. Well, I Dave, know. I made Dave listen to it last night because um, he likes that song. Um, and actually, I do, too, because it reminds me of driving around when I first got my license. And we were like ironically but not really listening to like <laughs> heavy metal ballads i love um, ballads yeah oh they're the best but i dave and i were listening to it last night and i'm like i don't think this is about his daughter i don't think so either <laughs> he said no i don't really think it is um but it's a, i mean it's a infantilizing jam. grown women in in songs <laughs> is not a new thing no so this doesn't that surprise is a me. tried and true <laughs> yep um, and but this brings them to a, a really delightful topic, which is the song "Compton Isn't Too Far Away" by Afroman. <laughs> and I gotta say, I was listening to this at one and a half speed, and I had to slow it down and put it on one for this because mm-hmm. I wanted to hear this as it was meant to be heard. Um, and uh, then they do a deep dive on "Because I Got High," um, and and that song has like a surprisingly interesting history, and so does Afroman. So mm-hmm. I was I really appreciated this. Turns out that Howard Stern played it, and that kind of set the course for him. Wow! Yeah, I was in high school when this song came out, and it was still pretty new. And our health education teacher played it for the class <laughs> as a lesson. No. <laughs> wow! Oh, this is no. what you know, marijuana will do to you. Yeah, and yeah. you know, and and of course. In high school, you think, oh, the health education teacher is the worst person. You know, like, this is the most ridiculous class and nobody's paying attention. Everybody hated it. But in hindsight, she was fresh out of college and probably thought it was hilarious that she could play this for a bunch of high school students. (laughs) I had a kind of an interesting – this is very adjacent. But um, when I was in health class, I think this was seventh grade – and we were learning about the various common drugs and what they did to you. And there was one section in the textbook that was like, marijuana smokers will try to hold the smoke in their lungs as long as they can. And I was like, oh, good tip. <laughs> 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 and then the first time I first time I was presented with the opportunity, I was like, I know how to do this. <laughs> Thanks, health class. <laughs> terrible, terrible, terrible. Oh, my gosh. Um. Andrew says that he's trying to listen to more podcasts. I guess there was a, a, a Renton Comic-Con, which sounds tiny and very specific. Um, but Genevieve was on a, a, a panel at this con talking about podcasts. And it really made Andrew excited about his work. And it, um, I guess the, the, the message was we should listen to more podcasts than we create. But I guess if everybody did that, there wouldn't be enough podcasts to listen to. So I don't know how that works. Um, and they talk a lot about like engaging with the podcast community and Luke's um, version of engaging is following a podcast reporter on Twitter. <laughs> That's mm-hmm. about as much as he can manage. Um, he talks a lot about how he feels like when other people in his realm are successful, it's a zero sum game. And he, he, he feels bad that he doesn't have what they have. And so he, in his mind changes it to something he doesn't want. That's not cool. I don't want that award. It's dumb. They're dumb. Because he doesn't have it. And it would be an absolute different story if he was in the running for what they had. You know it's true. Mm-hmm. Oh. I mean, I'm glad that he's at least, like, self-aware enough to know that this is silly. Like, it's kind of 
silly talk. It's to... a pretty immature reaction. Yes. I mean, at least he knows that. It just is frustrating that he doesn't ever change it to the point that it's kind of um, doing not great things for TBTL. I'm not saying like TBTL is going anywhere, but it makes them like at a stasis almost as far as like attracting or advertising to new listeners. Yeah, because they keep talking they... about promotion, but they are unwilling to do it and they want success without putting in the work, it sounds like. Yeah, for <laughs> sure. frustrating. Yeah. Um, Luke talks about a recent um, pitch by his talent agency to answer some questions for an online magazine, um, basically tips about having a quote-unquote hit podcast. And I think that's the term that really soured him on this idea because he doesn't feel like he's an expert, except that he does. And he doesn't <laughs> feel qualified to answer these questions, except that he does. He's the only one. He's the only one who can do it. <laughs> um, so he's having this internal debate um, that this is probably a good idea for TBTL for promotional reasons, but also uh, he doesn't want to do it. Um, and he feels weird about this hit podcasting. And so he mildly, gracefully, <laughs> I don't know how else to describe that, said no. He turned this this down. And then he got a call from his agent. And this gave me extreme anxiety um, before before it resolved um because he didn't answer the phone so he got a voicemail which is also very i mean i get anxious an listening to my voicemail even if there's nothing yep. weird going on i just hate it um and so it he didn't answer the phone and now he's going to play the voicemail on the show which gave me double anxiety um and probably andrew too and but it turns out that the agent was actually happy that luke turned it down um his reasons were somewhat unclear but he just was like ah, oh, it made me smile it's fine i'm glad you did that I thought it was really weird. I almost thought that the um, that the agent or whatever the representative was being sarcastic in a way, but I guess not. I don't know. I thought it was sort of odd. It was odd. He... It's, I mean, I can see if it's something like, yeah, you shouldn't do things you feel unqualified to do, but he actually does feel qualified. I know. Um, and you shouldn't do things that violate your principles, although this doesn't really violate any of his principles. So no. I don't know if I fully agree, but I'm glad that he's not in trouble with his agent. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, I know. I think it would have been really funny if he had taken the gig and then just written a bunch of answers about what he assumes the people at Serial did. It. <laughs> I'm sure he has their phone numbers. Right. Um, they talk a lot about how lucky they are, again, to have their jobs, um, but they sort of feel like outsiders uh, from APM. Um, and Andrew is talks a lot about how he's trying to have less shame about the weirdness of TBTL. Um, and how they feel so self-conscious about like maybe their boss is listening or somebody's going to realize their show is weird and cancel it. Um, I think they probably would have figured that out by now. <laughs> yeah. Spent three and a half years or whatever. Yeah. And then Luke talks about how weird he is when describing what he does because he doesn't want to like say that it's good and then somebody goes and listens and doesn't like it. Um, I, I don't, I don't know. I don't even know what to say about that. <laughs> He doesn't have to claim that it's great, you know? No. And I, you know, I understand in a little tiny way, like when I'm, people are like, oh, you do, you're on a podcast. That's cool. What is it about? And I'm like, Ugh. and I kind of get tongue tied about it. I'm like, it's weird, but it's, it's hard my... to explain ours. It's more hard to explain <laughs> mm -hmm. ours than his. Yes. I think. Yes. And, and it's also not my primary job, you know? Right. So I like, I'm like, oh, it's just like this fun thing that I do. Yeah. Listen to it if you want to, but it's definitely, you know, there's some levels of understanding that you're going to have to get past a little bit, but I think it's fun. Um, and, but yeah, I, there's, he has too much pride about 
or shame or something about it. And I'm like, you know, <laughs> <Prejudice>. right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if somebody wants to interview one of us about what it's like to have a hit podcast about a podcast, I'm sure we'd be happy to oblige. Yeah. Yeah. I will figure it out. <laughs> We've been flying by the seat of our pants in basically every aspect of life from 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 birth. So we'll we'll, yeah. we'll just keep that rolling. Yeah. Um, yep. This somehow brings up Andrew talking about how happy he is that a grocery bagging specialist complimented him on his bagging skills. <laughs> I actually, this is like the part of my life that I am the most princessy about. I like refuse to bag my own groceries, even when there's not somebody there. Cause I'm not good. I'm, I'm not good at it and I'm self-conscious about it. And I just want somebody else to do it for me. They yeah, do I'm it not better. good at it. I will do it. Like if they're overwhelmed, I will do it, but then I'll yes. be like, I'm so bad at this. I'm so sorry. And then when I'm yeah. paying, they take over and fix my mistakes. Ex- so I don't know yeah. if I'm making it worse or better. <laughs> I know. That's what I feel like. Um, they talk a lot about like the kind of a people pleasing, uh, instinct. So I guess Andrew had a friend who had a story with somebody on an airplane wanted his seat, but he also wanted that seat. And the instinct is just to say, sure. And so this person isn't mad at you and give up your seat, but this person wanted their seat. So they said no, and it was fine. Um, and this is kind of hard. Like I had a similar thing. I was on a Southwest flight and I got, I was really uh, early on in the boarding and I got a bulkhead seat and I got the bulkhead seat that has no seat in front of it. So you have tons and tons of leg room. And the guy next to me was upset because he was slight, I mean, only slightly taller than me and he didn't have longer legs than me, but he said to me, you're not even that tall. And I was like, so, (laughs) and my instinct is also to say, yeah, you're right. You, you need this more than I do here. But I was in my head. I'm like, no, I got here first. You know, I paid my $15 to upgrade (laughs) to priority boarding. I'm getting the seat that I want. And I kind of, uh, I surprised myself by not giving it up. Um, but uh, that was, it was very rude on his part now that I think about it. Um, yes. He should that's not so have said that. It was very weird. Fuck off. I'm yeah. sitting here. Go away. And like, that's not the right way of going about it. If he was like, listen, like I have whatever, make up some story. Yeah, like or... I had knee surgery or something. Like if he wasn't just rude about it, maybe. Yeah. I'd be like, fuck off, dick. I'm here. Go away. Yeah, of course. He could also choose to fly an airline that doesn't treat boarding like Friday midnight on Black Friday. Yeah, that's his bad. I played the game right. He did not. Exactly. (laughs) Um, They talk about, uh, you know, how Andrew says no to the can I have your email my my move with that is when they ask I always kind of put on a, a pained face and say do I have to. I get yeah. so much email and they're like, no, it's okay. <laughs> um, but I will always, always give $1 to save homeless pets. I can't, I can't say no to that mm. at the pet store. Everyone should just start giving my fax number. <laughs> oh, that's like, a good idea. That's I'm sorry. Really you can't idea. email me, but if you'd like to fax me. <laughs> <laughs> you want to get some GNC coupons in your fax machine? <laughs> sure. <laughs> Um, they tease the octopus story, but they don't actually talk about it. Um, I read the article. It's pretty interesting. So I hope they actually get to that next week. Um, there, They did their music for the weekend, and then they said a bunch of other stuff. So I'm going to cover the other stuff first. Um, Luke promises that next week will be good because they're going to have a bunch of new listeners from his interview with Faith Saley on Wait, Wait. Um, I mean, so uh, if history, <laughs> yeah, if history tells us anything, it means it it'll be, be a terrible week. <laughs> yes, exactly. A four hour show on Monday, just talking about the Browns really, yep. really like inclusive of 
all the people to that bring are in those new listeners. <laughs> yeah, really hook them with that Browns talk. Um, congrats to Ivan and Rachel, who are apparently doing a spontaneous eloping in Boston. So that'll be fun. Um, and then uh, Andrew Burbank's his joke about recording the Browns game again. He he did a bad job the first time, and he did a worse job the second time. It wasn't funny. So that was real, real terrible. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so music for your weekend. Andrew gives us California by Childish Gambino. I just finished watching Atlanta, so um, I I've love been that listening song. to him a lot. Um, Luke, the, I don't know what he was doing. He <laughs> talked about a song, but he didn't play it. <laughs> and it was the 21st of September. Uh, Demi, unpronounceable last name for white people from Twitter. Um, that was a great, <laughs> it, it is a great, uh, great little video if you check it out. It's easy. It's complicated because you have to clap between each syllable. True. So just... True. <laughs> I need to hear it. I need to call his, his, his city council and, and get the voicemail <laughs> for the pronouncer. Right. <laughs> We'll get Phyllis on this. Yep. And then listener Alex brings us Heartbreaks and Setbacks by Thundercat, which was a great way to go out. Yep. On to uh, some housekeeping. Good. My I'll do it in my Kardashian out. voice. Housekeeping. Hey, y'all. housekeeping. <laughs> oh, my God. Housekeeping is here. They have yeah. never cleaned anything ever. <laughs> nope. <laughs> Uh, I have some advice for our listeners uh, as things get cooler outside, and that is to go to uh, littleredbandwagon.com or 10710.com slash shop and to purchase many layers of clothing from us <laughs> to keep you warm as winter comes. We have hoodies or just, you know, layered T-shirts if you like that look. I do. Um, all sorts of fun designs. Get your Walsh Walsh and Doormat shirt. Get your middle-aged momish 10 mug for your hot cocoa or tea or a mold cider. Uh, or, you know, just uh, anything to mask the smell of liquor that you're drinking this holiday season coming up. Uh, go get all of that. There's only 12 or 13 Fridays until Christmas. Somebody told me that shut the up. other day. Ugh, shut up. Yeah, so, I have a friend who just posted that there's 100 days till Christmas. And I had a heart attack. Knock all your holiday shopping out at 1017.com slash shop. And if Guys, my birthday's family... in a month. Really, start shopping for me. Don't screw Christmas. <laughs> my 40th birthday's coming up. Oh, oh, ooh. Well, let's have a discussion about that off air because we may have to build a special episode. Um, archiving, always fun, always ongoing. Email us, reach out, let us know. Reach out to Christy directly. We'll get you in the loop. We'd love to have you. You listen to old episodes of TBTL, the good old days, one might say, and take some notes, uh, and we show our appreciation accordingly. Buy things from Amazon. If what we have is not good enough for you, you assholes, go to Amazon, littleredbandwagon.com slash Amazon, where you can find things that don't have our logo and fun jokes on them. Earbuds and Earworms this week, an episode of shameless self-promotion music from and by listeners of the show. Check that out. Earbuds and Earworms. When I wrote it in the notes, I first wrote shameless elf promotion, which <laughs> seemed confusing. Uh, and, uh, Hillary, why don't you tell us yeah. how we can get involved? All right. You guys go to littleredbandwagon.com. That's our website. Or more importantly, throwyourphone.com, which thank you, Anne, for using so effectively this week. Um, <laughs> uh, join our Facebook group, our Facebook page. Um, yeah, the, the Stens page, it's, it's had some ups and downs recently. So seek refuge on our Facebook page. Um, the show Twitter is at LRB podcast. Email us at littleredbandwagon at gmail.com 
Our voicemail and text is 802-432-TBTL. That's 802-432-8285. Fax us or Bobby at 617-354-8513. Just put that like in your um, in your phone and save it so you can give it to people for their fax. We got needs. a fax. <gasps> we got did? a fax. I meant to mention this. We got a fax earlier this week. Um, I, I sent it to the chat when I got it. It's from... Um, I got to get through several pages of AT&T <laughs> multifunction fax machine cover pages. Uh, this is listener Mark. He says, hi, my name is Mark. You may know me from archiving two weeks or buying a morning wood coffee mug from Amazon with the LRB link. Thank you. Thanks, he mentioned Mark. some He mentioned some fantasy football stuff and says, um, you know, he, he's got an opening in his usual fantasy football schedule. So if anyone's looking for a co-commissioner, and if you're in one of the TBTL leagues and you're looking for an expert hand to help guide you, or if you're like Luke and Andrew and are just going to forget about your teams in a week or two, um, reach out to us. We'll connect you with Mark, who's a fantasy football pro, and um, we'll connect you. And he will co-commission your team to championships. Um, he drew a football, and he drew a football head on a Stewie Griffin that he doodled onto his facts. So that was wonderful. Mark, thank you for the facts. I appreciate it. And, and Keep them back coming. To, the, to the facts number, um, I find mnemonics easier to deal with than phone numbers. That one's kind of tough. So I just put it into one of those, uh, those websites that'll tell you if your phone number spells anything. And oh. the answer is not really. Um, <laughs> we could go with 617-FLIT-513 or 61-RE-KIT-513 or 61-RE-LIT-513. <laughs> so I don't know if that makes it easier or harder. Oh my goodness. Okay, and with that, Meredith, why don't you get us out of here? Until next time, this is the next party. We love you, Jen. <laughs> we really do. <laughs> Nailed it. Nailed it.
You may ask 